Well, here we are in a dynamic economy. My name again is Jeffrey Davis, and I am host of Radio Entrepreneurs. And uh, we always look forward to these special segments, uh, Completely Cannabis, sponsored by Valiant. And so that means my co-host for that segment is Chris Tanaglia, COO of Valiant. Welcome back, Chris. And uh, I assume you'll be introducing our uh, our next guest. Thank you very much, Jeff. Um, our next guest is Ruquan. Uh He's with uh, Fox Rothschild. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself as uh, as you know more about yourself than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I'm a partner at a law firm, Fox Rothschild. They're one of the top cannabis firms in the country. They're a full service firm, but they were ranked by some magazine like in the top three cannabis firms in the country. So um, I joined them because I'm a New Jersey practitioner and they had a lot of business all over this, the country, but nothing in New Jersey. So they kind of recruited me to be involved. Um, I got in the cannabis business really not by choice, but by force. I was the general counsel for the state Senate majority office of New Jersey. So I was the head lawyer for the state Democrats back in 2014, 15, all the way up to 2019. And during that time, they were going to legalize marijuana in the state of New Jersey. I thought there was no chance we were actually going to get it done, but we did. It was a lot of work. So as it got to the point that I realized that it was going to actually happen, it was going to be legal and people were going to make a lot of money. I said, I want to be one of those people since I worked on it more than anybody else. So I left the government and went back to private practice and now I help people get licenses and stay out of trouble. So, you know, I think, I think that that's great experience because you've been able to, you know, the barriers to entry, is that correct? And so you can direct your clients through the process probably a lot more efficiently than other people or other attorneys who have, uh, who are trying to work just from one side. Plus you have the connections all the way through to the other side. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's very helpful. And like a client will come up to me and say, you know, I don't like this rule. I want to have 20 cannabis dispensaries. And not only can I explain to them what the rule is, I can explain why we did it that way, right? Because we didn't want to have a Home Depot and CVS situation in the cannabis field where you had all the mom and pops out of business and everybody would go into two major, you know, corporations. So we decided to limit the number of licenses you can have so that we can have more people that have licenses. And that the reason why. So I think it's very helpful to clients to be able to see that instead of just looking at the rules and saying, this is a fair, this isn't fair. So for yeah. the, the um, New Jersey took a little bit of while to, to actually take off and to actually get all their licenses and all their regulations under standpoint. Is all that kind of out of the way now? Is it more of a streamlined process? Is it easier? Uh, easier? No, but it's, it's, it's there. It's set up. It's moving the way it's supposed to move. People are getting licenses every month. There's a group of people that get licenses. And I think if you have your stuff together uh, and it takes a lot to get your stuff together, right? You have to have a location. You have to have a lot of money. It's good if you have some experience, but if you have all those things and you get to the finish line, um, I think you, you can be successful at least in getting the license. Well, I, you know, I like what you said. It seems like the emphasis from the state of New Jersey is really on small business and entrepreneurship, which I think is a great way to incubate an industry. I don't know if it'll always stay that way, but you're really trying to put an emphasis on that. Is that correct? That's a hundred percent. And that's the reason it's taken so long, 
right? So if if the state had just regulated and legalized marijuana and said, go for it and let the wolves eat the sheep, it would be a lot easier and a lot faster process. But when you put in that we want to have social equity applicants and we want to have minority owned applicants and we want to have women owned applicants and we want to have micro licenses and we want to keep track of those things, that's why it takes longer, you know, because of the process. And I think in the end, it'll be worth it. Well, I'll interrupt again and I'll just say, I think that sounds great. And I'm a big supporter of empowerment uh, of entrepreneurs and minority entrepreneurs. But, you know, big business, it follows the money. Mm-hmm. And I would assume uh, like vultures, they're hovering over that category, wondering when is my opportunity to jump in and swoop in and get into this category. And you see that from foreign country uh, companies, uh, Canada, and you see it from other entities. So I'm wondering, is it only a matter of time until they get their piece of flesh in New Jersey? I, I think so. I think it's only a matter of time. I think five years from now, um, the big corporations will be in and they'll be owning a lot of the dispensaries and a lot of the cannabis cultivation facilities as well. However, if let's say you are a mom and pop, just me and Jeffrey decide to start a business and we get something up and running and we do the best we can for five years. And then someone comes in and gives us $10 million each to go away. That's not a terrible thing to have happen. No, but, but if we want that $20 million, we're going to need Chris as our COO to help make sure that the back end of the business is built correctly. Exactly. <laughs> well, more so the front end of the business. We're on the construction side. Right. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I guess we use the term loosely in a different way. Uh, so you've practiced outside of uh, the cannabis industry. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if you could talk to some of our entrepreneurs of some of the unique characteristics of the cannabis entrepreneur. I will, I will tell you this. So I, I was a litigator for 25 years and I'm a litigator. Still half of my practice is doing that because there was no such thing as cannabis business, you know, for most of my career. What, what I'm finding is there are a couple types of people that get into the cannabis business. The one type of person is the entrepreneur that has been successful in something else, right? He's already built 20 hotels or 20 funeral parlors, or he has pharmacists and stuff like that. And he sees cannabis as the next frontier. Let me take $10 million of my money and get into that. So that's that group of people. And then there are another group of people who are getting into business for the first time because of cannabis. They've never done a business plan. They never raised any money before. This is their first business. And this is the reason why. Um, I'm rooting for both. I think the first group has a leg up, obviously, because they've done it before. But I would like to see uh, these new entrepreneurs that are getting in just because they love the cannabis plant. And I think regardless of what happens to a lot of them in this business, they will forever be successful entrepreneurs in something else. And I tell clients all the time, like everything that you're doing now, you could be doing with laundromats. You could be doing with a trucking business. You'll probably pick the hardest thing because not only do you have to raise money, but you can't put your money in the major banks. You can't get a loan. Like it's just, it's a lot more difficult in a lot of ways than most businesses. So Fruquan, do you guys do any um, help with capital raise at all? Yeah, but but not formally. It's just because like I'm, I've been in this business and I've gotten like, a, I guess, a level of prominence in the business. I get calls from people that are looking to put their money somewhere. 
as well as people that need money. So I'm able to do some brokering and just matching, but it's not a formal thing that we do. And and I'm going to ask a different question. I, I can be to both of you. I don't know how you feel about it, but we notice in the food industry, which is one of the largest employers in the country, that people who go into the restaurant business are not necessarily the best entrepreneurs for the food business. That people who go into the restaurant business are best when they're business people first, not restaurant, not 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 people who love to cook. Uh, do we find in the marijuana industry you can draw that same line in the sand that people who love to smoke marijuana are not necessarily the best people in the marijuana business? That it's best when it's entered by entrepreneurs who are business people first. <laughs> Nothing so wrong with smoking marijuana now, but if I'm a pothead, sorry, that might not be the best criteria. All of my clients, I'll say, and Chris, I don't know if your experience is a little different. All my clients are made up of teams of people. It's not like one person will come to you and say, I want a marijuana license. And if they do, I'm always recommending that they get some help, right? Because you, maybe you need somebody that understands marijuana and what's a good strain versus a, next, a, a bad strain, but you also need a CFO, right? You also need a CEO that knows how to run a business, right? You also need some millions of dollars. So there's going to be an investor involved or a bunch of them. So you put that team together with all those different ingredients. And I think then you have a, a chance of success. Jeff, to your point, there's a lot of teams that come on with these uh, quote unquote master growers. And you know, Fruquan has his uh, law license. And there is a, a full educational process that goes along with that. When you are a master grower, there is no such thing as a, as a master's in growing. So there's, you, there's no real qualifications other than you grew some really good pot in your basement. So you got to make sure that whoever your master grower is or whoever's going to be helping design the facility has done this before or it has a good track record or else you can turn your facility in a really wrong direction from the very beginning. And I'm pretty sure for Quan, you've seen that before as well. I've seen it many times. I've seen people that try to put teams together with their friends, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that, that never, that's never going to work. Right. I'm always like, well, this this particular role is for somebody who's managed a bunch of money before. Who do you know that does that? You know, this particular role is for a CEO. Who do you know that's done that? You know, if if I were to find, to, to tell you who was the prime suspect to, to succeed as as a dispensary owner, I would find a pharmacist. Right. He's been selling drugs for years. He knows how to keep track of stuff. You know, if you want to know who's going to be the best girl, find me someone who's a farmer, you know, generationally a farmer, that guy, you know, find me a chemist to do to do the manufacturing. Like what's happening in marijuana is not like it hasn't happened in other industries. It's just like the newest thing. But guys just trying to put together a group of friends because they have a passion. I don't know how that's going to work. That's in most businesses. You fall prey to that. Yeah. Uh, very interesting topic. And we hope you come back again. Uh, we love the uh, Completely Cannabis show sponsored by Valiant. If one of our listeners wants to get hold of either one of you, how would they find you? Chris, you want to start first? Sure. As always, you can call my cell phone, 617-462-7895. Or you can get us on valiant-america.com. And you can go right in the info box and let us shoot us a message. You can also find us on um, Instagram at Valiant America. You can see all the projects we have going on and everything uh, we're doing lately. I'm probably the easiest person in the world to find. Fruquan Muzan. If you Google that, it's me 100% of the time. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
You can find me at uh, fmuzan at foxrothschild.com. And my cell number is 973-609-4289. How did you know? You made an assumption that my middle name isn't Fuquan. (laughs) (laughs) I want to remind everybody that this is Radio Entrepreneurs. (laughs) Thank you.